Welcome to episode 79 of the Women of the Military podcast. This week, I'm celebrating Father's Day by interviewing Marine veteran Ben Colloy. Ben and I met through a mastermind group, and when we were at Podcast Movement, we got connected, and we had one of the deepest conversations about what being a veteran was and the struggle of transitioning out of the military. And since then, I've become a huge fan of the work that he's doing, and I listen to his podcast every week. It's called The Military Veteran Dad, and even though it's for military dads, Ads. I love <laughs> I love it. I feel really silly, but I just really love the guests that he has, the stories that he gets the chance to share, and just everything about how the podcast is put together. And it's focused on families and it's focused on being a dad. And so I thought it would be really cool to do an episode with him for the Woman of the Military podcast so that I could talk about the importance of fatherhood and the role that my father played in my life and the role that he is taking up as a dad and how he's helping to bring military veteran dads home. So it's another great episode and I can't wait to share it with you. So let's dive right in. You are listening to the Women of the Military podcast, where we share the stories of female service members and how the military touched their lives. I'm your host, military veteran, military spouse, and mom, Amanda Huffman. My goal is to find the heart of the story and uncover issues women face while serving in the military. If you want to be encouraged by the stories of military women and be inspired to change the world, keep tuned for this latest episode of Women of the Military. because I have been Chloe on my podcast and we've been talking about trying to do a podcast for a while but I thought with Father's Day coming up that it would be a great time to talk to Ben about importance of fathers in daughter's lives because this is a podcast about military women and so I thought it would be a fun topic to discuss and if you haven't checked out the Military Veteran Dad podcast you should check it out because you don't have to be a dad to love it because it's my favorite podcast. I'm so excited to have you here. Thanks for being on the show. Thank you, Amanda. It's I love always seeing your LinkedIn post because I never know what's going to be the episode that gets Amanda excited enough to share it. And then when she does, it's like, I really wasn't expecting that one to really like hit a chord because I thought that was a normal episode. But it's what you don't realize when you're a podcaster, what you consider normal, other people consider amazing. And that's why you have to keep doing it because you have that gift that you need to keep putting out there. So I appreciate you, Amanda. And there's so much of our backstory where we keep coming back together. So this is uh, perfect in the making. And I appreciate when you came to my podcast. And I agree, Father's Day and daughters are something that are near and dear to my heart. I have two of them, eight and three. I have a son in the middle. And being a father to my daughter, I understand that there's a, definitely a major role that we play in helping our daughters grow into the young, young women and strong women that our world needs to help go out there and be who they need to be. Yeah, my dad had a huge influence on me. He's a gardener. And so my sister and I, on days that we didn't have school, got to go with my dad and mow lawns. And he told us <laughs> that if we didn't go to college, we would mow lawns for the rest of our lives. And so we both went to college. My husband was asking me something recently about college and like why I decided. And I was like, I went to college because I did not want to mow lawns <laughs> for the rest of my life. And my dad didn't know a lot about like 
what to do in college because he never went. So I I did math as my start as my degree, but then I found out about engineering. And so I'm really thankful that I was just pushed to go to college because it, it changed everything about my life and where I am today. Prior to the military, because that's where you found the ROTC program, if I remember your story correctly, right? Yes. He actually, I was looking into joining the military and he drove me to the Air National Guard base because he knew someone who was in the National Guard and set me up with a recruiter, which my dad doesn't have any military background either, but he's he's always supported me in everything that I've done. And I think that really goes to show like if you have someone who believes in you, it pushes you to do stuff. But yeah, he's been, I mean, he went to ROTC, open house, everything. So, so dads are really important. And, and that was why I wanted to talk about what you're doing. How did you start the podcast idea of focusing specifically on military dads? So it grew for me out of my own journey. So I was struggling to be a dad, like most dads. There's not a book for it. There's not a manual. And most men today live in quiet, a quiet life of desperation. And so for me, I was hungry for just something of growth to feel connected to another person. So I went on my own dad journey. I joined the Dad's Edge Facebook group on the internet. I joined some masterminds with them. And I'm still a part of that group four years later. And that just really got me to the idea that there's so much more to fatherhood than what the standard that's accepted out there that most people just default to. And so that got me to start raising the bar and raising up my level and my game and understanding how I could grow as a father. And then I wanted to start something on the side. And that took a long time to figure out what that was. But I eventually came to the conclusion I wanted to do something with fatherhood because I really liked being a dad and I liked helping other people be a dad. And I was like, you know what? I could also do it with the veteran space because I'm a veteran and I already have that own like and trust because I am a veteran within that community. And so I brought that idea to Military Amster Conference. And I'll never forget, I don't remember the, the military spouse's wife name, but I went in with this idea of just a veteran dad podcast. And it was very rough, loose. It was just kind of, this is something I hate, a thing I want to try. And when I was telling her my story, she started crying. And what I didn't realize at the time was her husband came home physically, but didn't come home mentally. And he just he was just on the couch and kind of an autopilot and engaged with the family and was just kind of off. And because of what I went through and who I was becoming, that made her just kind of really connect to that sadness that she feels every day. And I was like, I, my voice, my story did that. In that moment, like I got the energy and the excitement and the validation to start running. And that was September of 2018 in the plane ride home from Orlando that year. I wrote my business plan, came up with the mission to help bring every dad home emotionally and mentally to their family. And then three months later, I launched a podcast. And now over a year and a half later, I've got an interview show on Monday. I do a solo show called Fatherhood Friday. And I love every minute at my journey of growing as a father in the last six months has been just it's unbelievable by most standards of how it's all come about, but I love everything that I do and I love helping inspire other dads. And just two weeks ago, I was talking to a dad and he was a army veteran. And later on after he, I was talking to him, I was following up with him and I was doing, and he replied back. He's like, that was the most in-depth conversation I've ever had with another person. And that just really was a validating, another validating moment that I was like, I'm on the right path that what I can do for dads to help them connect to their feelings. Like that's one of the things I feel like I do that well. I can give people the words that they need to feel what they're not putting the words to. And they almost immediately start feeling something very strongly because I've given words to something they weren't actually even aware existed. So it's a journey every day and I love growing into it more and more. And I, my ultimate goal is to be a stable dad. I want to be here present with my kids. Five and three. I am. I'm done trading time and money for memories with my kids right now. 
Yeah, and you mentioned that you're a veteran, and we didn't talk about that in the intro, but what branch of the military did you serve in? Opposite opposite side of the room in the Marine Corps. And the funny story is I was going to go in the Air Force because I wanted computers, and the Air Force is very computerized. And I was like, you know what? This seems like a no-brainer. I just I really didn't even research it. Marine Corps, I thought, was a bunch of grunts that only got stuff up. I didn't want to do that. Navy, I didn't want to be a boat. Army just didn't seem interesting. And the Air Force, I was like, well, the Air Force is generally the easier one. I just want to get this computer thing in me and understand it and get it on my right belt. And I talked to the recruiter. We were all pretty much ready to go. And then the day that changed my life forever is the day of the church family church picnic that year in 2002. And there was the Marine recruiter with a bouncy house. And I was afraid, too afraid to talk to him because Marine recruiters are intimidating when they're in uniform. My mom wanted to make sure I was exploring all my options because she was worried that I wasn't making the right choice. I don't know why she thought Marine recruiter was the best place for me to explore my options. But that conversation, we quickly figured out the Marine Corps has all the other jobs everybody else has. And two weeks later, I was raising my right hand for the Marine Corps instead of the Air Force. And I would have been voted least likely to join the Marine Corps. So from the moment I raised my right hand, it was a exercise of growth from a monumental proportion that I would say I'm still on that journey of rising to the occasion of wearing the title of the United States Marine. Yeah, it's funny because we knew each other for a pretty, we knew each other long before you started the podcast. And so like, I didn't really know any of your story, but I did know you were a veteran and I really thought you were an Air Force veteran. <laughs> Just because, I mean... If you don't know Ben, he is like known for his hugs, like, and he's a Marine. Like, it just it doesn't fit. The I'm a Marine that it's cries, awesome. that gives good hugs, that talks about his feelings and emotions, and talks about how every veteran has an Elsa inside them from the movie Frozen. Like, that still is my favorite Fatherhood Friday episode. I know, I don't, I know you haven't listened to it yet, but it was still my favorite episode because I just connected with who I was and I brought it to the podcast. I'm still trying to convince my kids to watch Frozen 2. I think we just need to rip the band-aid off. <laughs> Let the kids go to bed one night and just sit down with some popcorn and buy yourself. Yeah. Yeah, maybe I'll do that. Another thing I wanted to touch on is when you talked about a lot in your podcast about friendship, what was your road to where you are now? Like, I know you talk about like being lonely, not having friends. Talk about those type of experiences and like what was the step that you took to start making friends and change your life. So I got out of the Marine Corps in 2007 and I felt pretty connected and had friends and mainly because I feel like that was driven by the connection from Okinawa. I was stationed there for three years and you're all on the same island so it's very easy to feel bonded because you only have each other to kind of do life with. That's it. You can't just go to Vegas on the weekends like you could at Camp Pendleton or something. And that really forced me to just grow into who I needed to be. But then on the other side of transition, I got lost. I got lost for probably 10 years. And my real big story was triggered when I left or when Jay Leno left The Tonight Show. I just was like, I don't think anybody's going to come out and say anything nice at the end of my life. And that my biggest fear was like reaching the end and my funeral happening and nobody saying like, you know what, Ben Coy, it was worthy that you lived on this earth. And that really, really just ate me up. And it took me a while to unpack all that. But essentially one question that really kind of framed it to get me going eventually was, if you want a result in your life you never had, you need to start doing something you've never done. To me, that was friends. I never had friends in high school. It was always something I desired. I would always become who I thought they needed me to be, but I would always get lost in that process. And for me, 
I realized like, okay, if I want friends, I need to talk to people. But for me, every person was going to be a high school girl that was going to reject me. So I never said hello. But then I was like, well, I need this result. So I got to start doing this. And so I, I started with dads at the park and I just started saying hello. And the crazy part was they were waiting for me to say hello. We were both too chicken just to say hello to each other. And they were wanting to talk just as much as I did, but they didn't have the courage to say hello back. So like the third dad that I talked to was a veteran. And that veteran is someone I'm still friends with today. But I had to start saying hello. And what you don't realize when you start, you don't have those friends is that as a humanity and as a people, we were never designed to do life alone. We, for millennia, we did life tribe. And that's what I learned when I started having those friendships. Because then even now, my kind of phrase friendship as like a literal ship, the more friendships you have on the ocean of your life, the more opportunities will float your shore. And you need those friendships out there because they create that connection, they create that community. And what I learned also through that process is that life will give you more than you can handle every day. You need a tribe around you to share the load and not just people you can talk about sports and the weather with. You need to be able to say like, I had a massive fight with my wife last night and I feel like crap. You need people to be able to share that load. And that's the journey that I went on. That's the journey I found when I started hanging out with other dads on the internet. I had the same mindset, had the same desire, had the same growth mindset. But for me, my story really started at friendship and how those really just helped me get connected and started the whole idea. Because there is one fundamental truth, and I think this is true for women as well. When you bring other people in your life, women, men, doesn't really matter in this case. They become the mirror for your own value. And as veterans, we struggle a lot to identify our own worth. On the other side, without that uniform, you feel worthless. And a friend is that mirror that will reflect back the value that you can't see. It doesn't matter which friend it is, it can be any friend. But when you have a conversation, there'll be things that they say that are a reflection of what you're saying. And those are the things that make you you. And that's what I learned through the process. That's why I learned, like, I was never a hugger my entire life. I went to a conference with a bunch of dads and I just started giving hugs because everybody else was. By the end of that conference, they reflected back that I was the guy that gave the best hugs in the room. That wasn't my intention, but I had to have other people in my life to reflect back that how I just own it because it's part of me and I wasn't able to see it. Right. Because when we met in person at Podcast Movement, I was like, I'm not going to shake your hand. I'm going to hug you. (laughs) And so like, because it is like, it's a part of who you are and like, it's, yeah. I loved what you were talking about, friendship. And I think as women veterans, we often isolate ourselves because sometimes being in the military is very isolating, being only like one of the only women or one of the few. And just when you were talking about like friendship and community, I was starting to think back to my journey of like when I left the military and I didn't really have very many friends. And then we moved to LA and I met the most amazing group of women and like they changed my life. None of them were veterans. Most of them were military spouses, but we were all moms and we were all in this like really hard place of like little kids and adjusting from working to staying at home and most of us were all stay-at-home moms and so I just was thinking about like how important friendship is and how that like really does change your life. And the important part with tribes that most people don't acknowledge from our ancestors is there is always someone ahead of you in a tribe and there was always someone behind you. You never ever in a tribe had to have all the answers. There's a reason why they used to say they're elders because they were the ones that were wiser. They had more answers than you just starting out. There's always someone you help. There's probably always someone that was helping the new moms in the tribe grow and become a better mom. And the same thing with the male being a hunter. There was always someone to go out there in the woods to make sure they understood the skills, understood the idea. And that's the same thing you get in those tribes. You get someone that's ahead of you that's already figured out nursing and knows exactly the feelings you're feeling like a failure 
when your baby's hungry and you can't feed them, like that's a very depressing feeling for a mom. And if you don't have someone to share that feeling, your brain will tell you that you're the only one having that feeling and you're going to self-isolate because you're too afraid to share that because if you're the only one having it, then that's going to feel shameful. And that's not how you, your brain says that you can work through something, but the exact opposite happens when you become vulnerable, you become magnetic and you don't push people away. You bring people closer. That's so good. I love that. So there's one thing that I've, I've learned throughout the journey. And it was a book that really, I read it when my daughter was like maybe a year old. So very young, but it was Strong Father, Strong Daughters by Meg Meeker. And that book really changed my life as a father and the role we play within our daughter's life. And there's so, like the first 75% of the book scared the hell out of me because they were just statistics of like, if you don't do these things, these are the statistics that says this will happen. And one of them that I repeat often, and I'm sure you'll attest how much I repeat it, is just hugging your daughter as a father will reduce by 60% the chance that she has sex by the age of 12. Because if she feels connection and love to you, she will not go out to seek it into the world until she's ready. But if she doesn't feel her connection to her father's love, she will find the first person that's willing to give it to her. And I think that's the root of where people joke about girls and daddy issues it's where if you didn't have that strong confidence, like then there's kind of, I shortened it up a little bit to like, to your sons where our fathers are your first hero, but to your daughters were her first love. And how you set your bar of life determines the bar she goes out to search in the world. Like every person you bring home or your daughter brings home is going to be measured by the father that you are, or I am. And I often joke recently, I've used the shotgun analogy that the dad with a shotgun at the door is the one that doesn't fully own that he wasn't the best dad and he's afraid of what he's what she's going to bring home when she tries to copy who he was. If you were a dad that set the bar very high, taught her her own value, taught her own beauty, taught her to derive her value from inside, not from Instagram, you really have nothing to fear because every man she runs into, she's going to be comparing subconsciously, does this person measure up to the man that my first loved, which was my father? And that is so powerful. I, I love the idea of being a father. And there's a, a, a story that I'm not going to quote directly perfectly, but it was a, a divorce attorney. That she was, she's a woman, but she, she represents fathers. And she says, like, the first time thing that moms go to is like, oh, you don't know what their homework is. You don't know what these things are going on at school. And she's like, usually that's all true. But the one question that moms don't always know is, what scares your daughter the most? Who does she want to be when she grows up? Like those deep philosophical questions that women struggle with, fathers know how to work through, through their, their daughters because it's the same masculine and feminine that we hear talk about within marriage, the same idea provides within your raising a daughter that as the strong masculine male, you create a calm within the very turbulent winds that your daughter, as she's trying, or my daughter who's eight is in that same stage where everything can be like, it feels like second grade can be the hardest life that she's going through right now. I can be that strong presence to help coach her through that. We talk about it at bedtime talk routinely, about friends issues, playground issues, and just how to deal with it better. And I can help her work through those feelings because otherwise those feelings just overwhelm her. And then she just kind of like runs on instinct from those feelings. And that doesn't do anything either. You need to be able to be in control and feel what you need to feel, but know how to move past it. This is what fathers are. This is why I love being a dad and why it's so important for military dads to step up because the role we play in our kids' lives is so impactful. As a military dad, we've lived a life that only a few people in the population of the United States actually have lived. And we can create some amazing adults that know exactly how to help change the world if we really step up and into life instead. Yeah. And one of the things that I've liked when you've talked on your podcast is like big problems for kids. Like they seem like 
as a parent, you could easily be like, it's not a big deal. Susie doesn't want to play with you. Who cares? Just go play with someone else. But instead, you like, you talk about like dropping to their level, talking it out and like telling like talking about how they feel. And I think that's really important because kids have these like big emotions and like it is over smaller type issues that aren't as big deals to adults, but that's because we've lived our life or maybe because someone has told us like, that's not a big deal. Don't worry about it. And I like how you talked about in like some of your podcast episodes, like getting down to their level, telling them it's okay to feel the way they feel and to, to move forward from the problem together with like guidance instead of just like, you're fine. Keep going. I often tell my daughter a reminder that like, you know how you're trying to figure out how to be eight years old and every day is a little bit hard. Well, daddy's still trying to figure out how to be 35. And or even I use an example like when you were born, I didn't know what I was doing. I was messing up daily, but I had to just keep going. I had to keep figuring it out. And that like it's so easy just to assume even vocabulary is something that we just assume everybody, every child knows what the word integrity means, responsible, disciplined, doing the right thing. Like I don't it was just until a couple months ago, I realized, you know, I don't think I've ever explained what responsibility is to my daughter. But we throw that word around the house like like it's everywhere. Like you need to be more responsible and pick up and clean up and do the right thing, all this stuff. I never actually broken down these basic words and we just assume so quickly. And I always try to, it, you always have to assume like to them, this is a real world problem. If they're a teenager in high school, this is their entire life. This is the only life they know. Just like you go to work and this is the only life you know and it stresses you out. It's the exact same thing for them. And every time you tell them that it's not a big deal, all you're doing is telling them that they're wrong for feeling the way they are or way they're feeling. And they just, they suppress that feeling because my dad told me that that was a wrong feeling to have instead of just letting it be felt, you know, suppress it. And every time we start learning how to suppress something, that just makes more problems that we need to unpack in therapy when we're in our thirties. So like always try to acknowledge those feelings and not judge them and tell them that like, if they're crying, let them cry. Cause whatever they're feeling is obviously strong enough that they need to cry and just let it out. And oftentimes like when my daughter, especially my youngest one, she's just kind of emotionally just all over the place. I'll just get on my knee. And if she's crying, I'll just hug her. I won't say anything. I'll just rub her back and I'll just be there and just let her feel what she ever she needs to feel. And then a lot of times the trick is never talking about it. Um, this applies even to marriage. Don't talk about it in the heat of the moment. Well, I love bedtime talk because that's where we review a lot of the things that happened in the day, kind of like an, an after action review of like, how could we have handled that better? What could we have done differently to maybe prevent it? And a book that my daughter really liked was Jocko's uh, Warrior Kid. His book, I really loved reading it to my daughter even. And there's so much good advice in there about how to work through these different things. And we use that, that book. I'll bring it up. I was like, you remember the kid in the book that he had this moment and he had to do this? Like, that's coaching. And as fathers, we get to do that. And as parents, we have the ability to coach. And it's and that's what I love about it because you are helping them grow into who they help them discover their own uniqueness. And I can already see my, my daughter's emotional intelligence growing in the last, like even being around everybody in the last four months with COVID. Her emotional intelligence, because we've been having to engineer a lot of things more quickly because there's a lot of things happening now on a daily basis. So we talk about it more. She gets more intelligent and she gets more understanding. And she'll come to me with an idea of how she thinks she can already improve before I have to talk about it. And there's one fundamental thing you have to remember with all of this. These are tests for the little things. And someday there will be a big thing. And how you were there for the small things will represent how they're going to break the big thing. And if you were not there to listen for the small things, it didn't seem, it seemed trivial. When there's something going on, maybe it's someone when she's 17 or something, and maybe she was 
almost sexually assaulted and she was struggling with that, you didn't create a safe space when they were younger to feel safe within what they could tell you. They're not going to feel safe when they're older. And then you're going to be like, why did you tell me this? Eight years ago, you decided that those little things that matter and you were really building up for that big moment. But those little moments matter. And that's why I love about the whole, it's, it's a giant experiment, but it all builds upon itself. And in the early years is where you build all the, the mechanisms that you want to be working hopefully fully. I'm still in the R&D lab, so my oldest is only eight, so hopefully all this works out. But I feel like it's going to work out because I have men ahead of me helping me, making sure that I can observe what's going on in their life and try to add something in my life to help maybe prevent it. Yeah, and I love that you talked about like a tribe and having people ahead of you because one of the big things about the podcast and like something that I'm working on is creating a mentorship program to help women who are joining the military, women who are in the military, women who are transitioning. And it's kind of like a tribal thing where there's always someone who's a little bit ahead of you who can help you in your next step. And if as veterans, we like love giving back. So whenever I try and if I get an email from someone and I need to get connected with another veteran, I always am able to get so many people ready to respond to help people. And so <clears throat> I like the idea of like not only doing like parenting in a tribe where you have people, but also like taking that military experience you have and giving back in a way of like mentoring people in their journey. Even our sense of adventure, like we have a sense of adventure that nobody really can even come close to. And adventure is something that can really help change a kid's life because I, when it comes to like helping them grow into adults, like my major objective is the more I get them outside of their life, the more they can figure out how they fit into life. And adventure is the best way to do that. Make sure that you're not just sending them to eight for 12 years in school because they're not going to get outside their life in that environment. They're going to understand a lot of things. But they're not going to understand their unique gifts and how the world works and seeing someone in the Philippines and in Europe. And they just need to understand there's more ways to live your life than what's in front of you. Yeah. And including them in like tough conversations about like, especially right now with all the stuff going on with the Black Lives Matter and like the co even the COVID-19, like I've been, I have a six-year-old and a four-year-old and we've started talking about like those big important issues because I want, I want to talk to them first. I don't like, they're not going to school right now. So I don't have to worry about like other kids talking to them. But if I don't start talking to them now at home, they're, where are they going to get their information from eventually? Eventually school will open again and they'll have friends that they get to spend time with. But to talk about those important issues like at home and even when they're little, because if you don't, if you wait till, oh, we'll have to wait until they're bigger, then you'll always find a reason to put it off. Just thinking about like Harry Potter, Dumbledore's explanation, not that I want to ruin, but he kept saying, I'll wait until he's a little bit older. I'll wait till he's a little bit, you can always wait until they're a little bit older to talk about these tough things, but you need to talk to them now. So it's easy and natural. It goes back to what you were saying. There's a point where, and, I, and this probably resonates with a lot of women, is, and this is a role that parents need to step into as well. If you're not the first voice in their life, someone else will be. And your most likely will happen sooner than you're ready. And so you can keep saying, I'll keep delaying and maybe they're not ready. But there'll come a time when and there's something happens on the bus and they hear it in a way that you don't agree with. And instead of letting them compare with what the people they love in their life, their parents says about it, they now only get to hear some random kid that they don't even really know on the bus. And like that, and a lot of it has come just demystifying it for them, like bring them into it and understand it because if you can bring, be the first voice 
you're going to be something that they can use as an anchor to build their own independent thoughts on. But if they're always hearing it from everybody else because you never brought it into your life, you're always going to be wondering like, where did they get that crazy idea? Or I didn't even know that she was doing that yet. Well, it's because, and it goes back to even the safe space. Like you don't have that trust where you can bring anything to, you're not going to be able to talk about those really difficult conversations because they're not going to know how you're, you're going to, they're probably going to feel like, oh, my mom's going to judge me or my dad's going to judge me because of what he said two years ago. And I'm going to use that as an example now to assume that he'll do the same thing. Yeah, that's, that's really good. Well, I always like to wrap up my podcast with, what advice would you give to young women joining the military? And I think as a dad, I'd really love to hear your advice of what you would tell young women who are considering joining the military. Well, I think there's one thing that when you think of anybody joining the military, I would really look at who do you want to be on the other side? And so a lot of this ties to my transition advice that I often give. Like people that transition out like, oh, this is my, I'm going through a transition. I'm getting out of the military. But people never really look at the first transition. Getting out is actually the second transition is when you first became a part of the military. That was your first transition. And you had goals, you had objectives, you had dreams, and you had something you wanted to get out of that military service. And I would challenge you to really go understand what that moment's going to be when you transition into a military branch. Because you want to understand who you want this to, who you want, what do you want this vehicle to help you transform into? What do you hope to come out of it? Are you going in just kind of because you're lost and you're maybe hoping that they help give you some direction? Which isn't a bad idea because sometimes you get exposed to a lot of different life in a very short amount of time through the military. So that can also be a, a way where you get to see the world exposed to new ideas. But overall, again, it goes back to who do you want to be on the other side of that military service. I would really focus on that because then when you get out of the military, you're going to know when it's time because you're not going to be like hiding in the military because you never knew why you joined or maybe you joined out of instinct. Or maybe you joined because you were told to. All of that goes back to you have to know really what you want to get out of it. And for me, I would say I joined because I'd never done anything hard in my life. And this was a major test of whether I could do it. And I would say it was extremely difficult the entire four years. But that really gave me the foundation, the core of things that I'm just now unpacking. Like I'm now going back and figuring out things that the Marine Corps taught me because I wasn't this intelligent on this topic and I didn't have this advice ahead of me when I was getting out. So I had to figure it out my own self and listen to other people and hearing what they're saying. But really challenge what do you want to be on the other side of your military service and see which one, which branch maybe aligns to get you there. And what resonates? Like, do you feel called to be that person on this side of military service? When you think of them, does that get you excited? And that it should get you excited when you think about leaving military service because you're going to be left a different person. You want to make sure that's the right person that you want to be. I love that advice. That's such good advice. And I think a lot of people don't think about the first transition is joining the military because, you, like, now that you say that, I'm like, oh, yeah, that, that makes sense. Once you go through boot camp and you you join the military, you change it. You can't go through something like that and not change, especially like leaving your family, being far away, going to a new state or country. Yeah. So that's really good advice. I love that. So thank you so much for being on the podcast. I really have enjoyed getting to like suck more wisdom out of you. <laughs> I just, I really love listening to the podcast, which you already know. So if you're listening to this podcast, go check out Ben's podcast. Can you tell us where we can find you if we want to? So the podcast name is Military Veteran Dad. The website is militaryveterandad.com. The best place to get a hold of me is on Instagram at Ben underscore Kaloy. 
I am pretty much an open book. I essentially, the best thing that I offer every day is friendship. And I try to show up in the people's lives as a friend that I wish I had in my life five years ago. And so if you know anybody out there, if your husband's struggling, whatever it may be, if you can get him to reach out, I am more than willing to talk to really much anybody. And I'd like to offer the audience that anybody that wants to have a conversation or unpack something, go to militaryveterandad.com forward slash coaching. And there is a, is a offer for a 90 minute uh, coaching session, no charge. I, I love conversation. I love diving into it because the, like every time I help a dad come home, I change a family tree forever and we change a family tree forever. And when you give the gift, give the gift of a father back to his kids, like that is what really fuels me. So I am always about helping people. And if you like the part on friendship, go check out freedadcourse.com as well. There's a five uh, step audio course there that I've just recently launched on things that I use to help create friends in my life. And it's a simple 10, 10 minute episodes to listen to on your drive to work. And there are the basic steps of how you can create more friendships in your life, which was the main vehicle that started my growth as well. Yeah. Thank you so much for being on the podcast and I'll link to everything in the show notes so people can find it and have a great week. Thanks. Thank you, Amanda. Thank you for listening to this episode of Women of the Military. Make sure to subscribe so you don't miss any of the amazing stories I have with women who have served in our military. Did you love the show? Don't forget to leave a review. Finally, if you are a woman who has served or is currently serving in the military, please email me at airmantomom at gmail.com so I can set you up to be on a future episode of Women of the Military. 